Peace and love, family. This is Brother Fahim, and welcome to the Leave of Logic podcast. You know the vibes. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, welcome back. Welcome back. This is Brother Fahim saying, come on in. Sit down for a second. Relax your mind. Let your conscience be free. You know, kick back, recline. You know, let's get into it. Um, man. Life is always going at life at warp speed, light speed, <clears throat> and uh, it hadn't really slowed down. So, um, I figured I'd get on here, man, and, and discuss a few things, a couple of observations. You know, I look at these podcasts as glimpses or glances outside of my window, and I like to really just discuss what I'm seeing, man, and how I interpret it and how I uh, perceive it. You know, give you my paradigm and perspective. And uh, try to uh, saturate it in logic. Henceforth, the name of the show is Leave with Logic. <clears throat> couple things I want to say before I start this episode out. Um, so my father, rest his soul, he used to always say to me, uh, you know, the world's a mere stage in the play of life. And only the actors change, but the story stays the same, son. And uh, I mean, it wasn't anything super complex. I understood that at a young age. What he was saying was, basically, history is going to repeat itself. Now, the plot or the theme of life won't change, right? It's always a hustle bustle. It's always a struggle. You know, people trying to get from point A to point Z and struggle a lot in between all the other letters. But what will happen is you'll see different players, uh, different actors step in and step out of roles that are familiar to us. <clears throat> and um and that's what we're seeing. That's what I'm that's what uh I'm observing in today's episode. It's gonna touch on that a bit. <clears throat> um the name of today's episode is History Repeats Itself. And I wanted to call it History Repeats Itself because in the news the big the big uh story has been Kyrie Irving and the vaccination or the, the jab, you know, his jab status. And, you know, what its implications are. Now, my disclaimer is always celebrities' business is celebrities' business. However, how can we take these instances that are right, that are highly visible, with these highly accessible and highly visible people, how do we think critically and break them down? What does this mean? What are the implications in society? What can we learn? What kind of wisdom can we extract from this situation, from this circumstance? That's what I like to deal with. And so uh, I was going to deal with, uh, you know, history repeating itself. And the reason I say history repeats itself, because we've seen athletes be per- uh, persecuted for their beliefs. Right. And there's still a, a portion of our community, the American community, right? the Western community that feels like, you know, you should have no, uh, you shouldn't have any uh, norms, any values, what's the word for it? Any principles, that's the word, that's the term. Your principles should not come before your profits, right? And it's selective a lot of times, you know, depending on what the, mainstream political agenda is you know that's where the commentary will go left or right (laughs) Uh, pun intended right politically 
and figuratively. It'll go left or right, depending on what the uh, agenda of the day is. But we've seen how athletes such as uh, Muhammad Ali, right? We've seen him take his stance. We saw John Carlos and Tommy Smith. A lot of you guys don't know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in that same 1968 Olympics. He refused to play uh, on the basketball squad in protest in the, in the same manner as uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith. But you don't hear about that because Kareem went on to have an illustrious career, right? Uh, Chris Jackson, a.k.a. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who plays in the big three. Um, who else? Who else? Greg Hodges. Greg Hodges, who really kind of exposed that he uh, he wanted to, you know, protest during, I think it was the Bush era. Bush, senior Bush, not junior. <laughs> he wanted to protest uh, the war, I believe it was. But uh, he got with uh, Magic and Michael. Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan uh, to try to garner support. And they, they said, nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. So, um, but yeah, he he didn't have the best career after that. But uh, so history does repeat itself. And it seems to be, um, and I won't forget about Colin Kaepernick, excuse me, before I go forward. Colin Kaepernick and his, uh, his stance on his knee, right? That's ironic. He took a stance by taking a knee, right? And so now the current actor is Mr. Kyrie Irving himself. So uh, with that being said, I want to go on and get into uh, this episode 13, which is how history or just history repeating itself. History repeats itself. So, um, so what's the issue here? What's the issue at hand? Right. So Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets has decided to sit out. Uh, due to his vaccination status, you know, it first started at media day, right? Um, Kyrie, he told the media, please don't ask me about my status, my vaccination status. Respect my right, respect my uh, personal space in that manner. Well, it eventually uh, avalanched into he didn't have, he wasn't uh, vaccinated. He didn't plan on getting vaccinated. Now, the issue with that is, New York has a mandate that all uh, people who work in any kind of public place where people are gathering, whether it be a gym, whether it be a restaurant, you have to get vaccinated. And so, um, of course, that uh, that forces all uh, all employees <laughs> who will fall up under that mandate to comply. Now, the thing about it is this. Um, so you have it's not it's not a league wide issue. Let me let me put that out here for you guys. Uh, it's places it's New York City, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. What they have uh, uh, they have that mandate, right? Where um, you know you have to you have to be vaccinated. But here's the kicker: out of town teams are exempt from the vaccination mandates. So players from other teams can come in and play. And it's no problem. They can come to Madison Square Garden and play the Knicks. They can come to the Barclays Center and play the Nets. They can come to uh, the Chase Center and play the Warriors. You know, they can come to the Staples Center and play the Lakers and the Clippers, right? But that puts those players who are in that state in a peculiar position because they themselves have to go by the mandate because they 
uh, fall in a state where it's mandated and they work, you know, uh, they're in the NBA and the NBA is conforming to uh, the mandate on that level in some capacity. Um, I was reading where a guy, Anthony Slayer of The Athletic, explained um, because they are not employees of a company that is under the city's limits, the rules don't currently apply. That's in uh, in regards to players who are coming into the city, uh, who are coming in on opposing teams. Basically, he's just saying, hey, you guys uh, that come in can be unvaccinated, but the players that are on these teams in these cities, they have to be vaccinated. So I'm going to put that out there just to say, hey, it's not like there uh, doesn't exist uh, an alternative to the Kyrie situation. So anyhow, going back to Kyrie and, uh, and his peculiar uh, uh, situation. So what happens is, you know, initially they were going to, you know, he couldn't practice, right? So then, you know, okay, they say he couldn't play. And they say oh, he could play half the time. No, he couldn't practice. He could play half the time. Then they didn't want him to play any other time. So the thing was, hey, uh, we want you all or nothing, right? Mob Deep said ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. So they didn't want a halfway basketball player. They didn't want a part-time hooper. They wanted Kyrie to be all in. The only way we all win is if we're if we're all in. And so when Kyrie refused, and he didn't, when when Kyrie delayed his getting the vaccine due to his reasons were, you know, the research. Um, he's not really sure how this thing, what the long-term implications are. There are side effects that have hit, you know, different players. There are side effects that have hit different people. There are some known side effects, you know. In in women, you know, menstrual cycles have been uh, elongated uh, or missed. And in men, uh, testicles have been swollen, right? <laughs> Balls are getting bigger. Uh, not the basketball, you know. So um, I say that jokingly, but on, on the serious side, if there's one... Uh, medical infraction is if there's one medical side effect then you can understand how a person could want to hold off or how a person could want to say hey i need to have a little bit more data about what's going in my body because this is serious this is anything to play with so you know that's um that's that's what's going on with Kyrie now he did an IG live because he was catching up a lot of flack from the media, right? A lot of media personalities, especially sports basketball players, excuse me, especially basketball players, were chiming in on uh, his responsibility to the team, uh, his loyalty to the NBA, um, his loyalty to the game. And, and the context behind that, you all, is, you know, Kyrie has been, he's had a riddled uh, career in these last three, four years, meaning that he has missed some games uh, up under suspicious, uh, quote-unquote suspicious terms. Um, he's had issues with upper management, as a lot of superstars have in the past. It's not just Kyrie. But they've used all this, right? They've used all that um, to say, okay, this here, this vaccine, this uh, unvaccinated issue is the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So that's the context that some people are taking with Kyrie not getting this vaccination. Now, um, something I thought was interesting. Um, Mr. Louis Farrakhan, I heard him say in a speech one time, he said, they didn't teach us the business, excuse me, they didn't teach us the science of three things. The science of mating, 
the science of warfare and the science of business. That's deep when you think about it, because, I mean, just look out, look at people and um, how their mating habits affect their living habits or their lifestyle. You know, are you choosing them? How do you choose your mate? <laughs> Has it been beneficial? Are we going just off of phenotypes? Are we going off of vision? Are we going off of uh, a future? Are we going off of norms and values being in alignment? Right? Are we going off the long game? Somebody who could, you know, run the marathon with you, not just a sprint. Warfare. Um, what I find is uh, a lot of times we want to do warfare one way, and that's brute force, right? Um, you know, leave with logic means that just that. Let your logic be your guide. If we have to go to war, then let's use a strategy, right? Let's use the best strategy so that we can win. Whether it's the long game, whether it's the short kill, whatever, let's just have a strategy and, and be able to outthink our opponents. And sometimes that opponent is ourselves, right? But um, yeah, the science of warfare. But the big one is the science of business. I don't think that people, not only do we not understand the science of business, but we don't understand how wide its um, implications are. What I mean by that. You know, whenever I would read books about the civil rights, whenever I read books about um, the continent of Africa, whenever I read books about any uh, nation, the wealth of nations, right, it always becomes an economic issue. There's always a huge economic factor. I think in one of my earlier shows, I talked about Askia the Great, and I got a homeboy named Askia. Uh, the name of his company is Chinese Baby Company, I believe. Y'all should support it because he has some dope, dope, dope t-shirts black owned too so but nonetheless a ski of the great from the great um empire of uh of uh it's modern day ghana but it was a uh, molly sun guy that great empire and what happened was you know they had prospered they had uh achieved great success they were enjoying the fruits of their success and just like any other nation, they became complacent and they became complacent to their detriment. And Askia, observing, looking, he said, you know, we cannot allow this uh, success that we're having to blind us from those important and those fortified issues. Now, what he was talking about was, you know, economics. He was talking about the business, the nation. The business that supports the nationhood, the sovereignty of a nation, has to stay intact. And he saw where it was falling. He said what's going to happen is when the economic base falls, we're going to fall as a nation and we're going to become enslaved. Now, I mentioned that to add context. When a nation, when a community doesn't have a business infrastructure, then it's enslaved. Now, how does that relate to Kyrie Irving and the in this situation that he's going through. A lot of the statements that I've been hearing from these celebrities would let me know that we still have no real understanding of business and how it enslaves us to the mainstream, right? Joy Reid, I was listening to, I was just listening to Joy Reid, some of the, uh, some of the commentary that she had about Kyrie, and she put up a clip 
of Ali because, you know, obviously a lot of Kyrie supporters have said he has taken an a Ali-type stance, which I agree with. He has taken an Ali-type stance, and I'll explain in a little bit. But, you know, she said he's nothing like Ali. I love Ali. Ali's my favorite. We should never compare anybody to Ali. And, oh, by the way, Ali was for vaccinations, and she played a, a clip of Ali. It's on uh, it's on YouTube. You can watch And she said, listen, listen to what Ali would have said about vaccines. And sure enough, uh, Muhammad Ali was saying, hey, you know, you need to get these vaccines. The schools are saying it. Uh, if, if, if it means we're going to keep uh, our people safe and uh, from these major diseases, yeah, go ahead on and get the, uh, get the vaccine. And um, I said, wow. And then she concluded he's nothing like Muhammad Ali. And I said, well, why ain't that ain't that a blip? So I did um I did a little bit more research because, you know, I said to myself, that's crazy. Why would why would she um that's really diabolical when you think about it? Because certain certain figures in pop culture, certain figures in society, people will never allow them to be uh transcendent. For instance, one person is Michael Jordan, right? People will never allow him to be transcendent. Michael Jackson, now in the black community, uh, we won't allow him to be transcendent. Now in other communities with the, you know, with all the, the foolishness about all those bogus and uh, frivolous lawsuits he went through and all those bogus court cases, that would that would sway other ethnic groups to say, hey, Michael Jackson is not deserving of all the credit and all his hard works. But I feel like in the black community, we love Michael Jackson. He, while we do have our issues with him, we won't let anybody transcend him. You can't one-up Michael Jackson. And it's the same with Ali. Rightfully so with Ali. Ali's the greatest athlete of all time. But we have to remember why he's the greatest athlete. He's the greatest athlete because he's merely exercised his right to choose his own destiny. And in that way, Kyrie Irving is exactly like Muhammad Ali. He's exactly like him. No, he's not running from uh, the government per se, right? He's not uh, refusing the government. But then again, yes, he is. Because, you know, it, it seems to be ensuing, it seems to be that uh, they're ensuing total uh, compliance out of out of citizens and the population. Like, yo, we need y'all all to be vaccinated. Now they've, they've okayed children, 5 to 11, to be vaccinated. But nonetheless, um, Mr. Irving is exactly like Ali in that he is engaging and and activating his right to take agency and control over his life. You know, he has the right to choose, as we all do. But I looked up Joy Reid, another clip, and it was an interesting clip, right? Now, Joy Reid is on CSNBC, I believe. She's on one of those Democratic, liberal, you know, left-wing shows. And um, she's a mouthpiece. She's no different from Rush Limbaugh. Hannity, Combs, uh, any of those vessels for propaganda, they're all the same, whether they're liberal or conservative, you know, they have an agenda and they're going to spew and spout that agenda, whether it's way left or way right. It's all the same to me. But, you know, she's on there and this is back in the summer when the whole Texas abortion thing was going on. And she she pulled up, a, I pulled up this clip and she was talking about how you know, Planned Parenthood, you know, uh, uh, with Texas, you know, uh, banning abortion, it was going to be a, uh, a lawless and disorder. 
and she pulled up an article from the Washington Post by uh, its opinion by Jennifer Rubin. And it said, Republicans are taking refuge in Kafka. I can't say the words. It's K-A-F-K-A-E-S-Q-U-E. Kafka-esque rule making that empowers individuals and state authorities to harass, intimidate, and confuse Americans. Um, and she said, you know, they've sunk to a new low by taking women the right away from women to choose what to do with their bodies. And I thought that that was so, so, so uh, ironic that, you know, when it suits the political, when it suits the uh, your political affiliation, you know, you then teether between uh, being liberal minded to being conservative minded, right? Because here it is, you know, the Democratic Party is primarily the party pushing for these uh, mandated vaccinations and the Republican Party is pushing for these, uh, for it not to be mandated. Here it is that you would come down uh, on the Republican Party for the same thing that you would uh, call out Kyrie Irving. Uh, for not doing, you know, you would say, hey, uh, you can't force people to abort their children. This is my body, my choice, right? Isn't that the, the battle cry? My body, my choice. But it, out of uh, out of the other side of your mouth, you would vilify and demonize this African-American man, this man for exercising the same right that you glorify women for doing. So that doesn't make any sense to me. That's Again, that's crazy. That's really crazy. Um, yeah, the same people who are hollering, my body, my choice. Uh, the same one saying, you know, you need to get vaccinated. You know, it's imperative that you get vaccinated. Right? Um, and, you know, they're going back to the science of business. This is There, there are huge corporate implications about what's going on. I want to take y'all back a little bit. And I think, I, again, I discussed this as well, but again, history repeating itself. Um, I remember Ray Allen's book, uh, From the Outside. You know, he caught a lot of flack for leaving Boston. Um, but, you know, it was crazy to see Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Rondo, and all those guys really call him out and what that told me was they really had no idea uh, about business and how business looked and maybe they did maybe they just didn't want to recognize because maybe they had a personal uh uh something a personal vendetta or maybe they had something against ray allen that was unseen to the public eye but nonetheless you know with with kg and paul pierce and uh Rondo and those guys being the loudest voices against Ray Allen. When you look into it, it's like, man, they act as though he was being disloyal to this, uh, this fraternity when in actuality, they were all workers who were trying to uh, get the most out of the corporation in which they work for. That was a corporate matter and they made it a personal matter. And I say that to say, here's some of the things that 
these players have been saying, right? So you got Charles Barkley who says, the only thing that bugs me is he still is going to, the only thing that bugs me is he's still going to make $17 million sitting at home. <laughs> Shaq said, get his ass up out of here. Um, get him up out of here. Uh, and then, of course, the infamous Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Kyrie is a distraction. It usually involves him missing time on the job. Uh, 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 that was a little bit of his tirade against Kyrie. Um, I was kind of surprised by this fellow. Jalen Rose said he's not a victim. We're conflating the scenarios between by comparing Ali and uh, Kaepernick to uh, Kyrie Irving. I mean, I thought Rose was right. He's not a victim. But then again, um, he's not a victim only because he's economically he's in a space where economically he's not going to be hurt, right? But he is a victim because anytime you're robbed of your uh, freedom to choose, right, that this makes you a victim. Someone's choosing your fate for you, right? Anytime someone chooses your destiny for you, you are absolutely a victim. You know, you should have the right to take your destiny into your own hands, whatever that means. You know, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says what he's doing makes him a bad teammate. <laughs> now, that's after the reports have come out and said, hey, not even the report, excuse me. Kyrie has said, he, you know, he's spoken to his teammates. Whenever you listen to people like uh, Kevin Durant, you know, they're not really blasting Kyrie because he has a personal relationship with them. And he's talking to them about what's going on. But again, what is to be said of these guys that are making these statements? You know, um, they're attacking him. They're attacking him as if to say, just like Rondo, just like Kevin Garnett, just like Paul Pierce. You know, they're making a corporate matter, a business matter, personal. Why do we do that? What's with that? What is with that? That's not cool to me at all. That shows me that we still have no idea about the inner workings and the intricacies of what it means uh, to really uh, understand the corporate plantation and to understand the corporation or to understand how a business works. You know, um, let me let me say this also. There are a few players that are unvaccinated, right? Jonathan uh, Isaac from Orlando, Andrew Wiggins. I'm not sure what team Andrew Wiggins plays for now. Uh, Bradley Bill for the Wizards. Um, and then Brandon Goodwin for the Atlanta Hawks. He developed blood clots. Uh, they didn't really highly publicize that. Um, but, yeah, he developed blood clots after he got the uh, COVID vaccination, COVID-19 vaccination. So it's like, man, um, wow, why would, why would they do that? Um, Jay Williams was one of Kyrie's supporters. He said, uh, can we let him go through his process without attacking uh, his character? You know, he needs time to process this. You know, would it, would it, being, would it being so much data on it not being a lot of data? With this still being in its infancy stages, with this still being something relatively unknown, with there being so much history and uh, data 
surrounding African-Americans being used as guinea pigs. Um, you know, I I get it, man. I'm I'm with uh, Riza Islam. I'm with Kyrie. I'm with 19 Keys. I'm with all these guys in saying I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not pro-vaccine, but I'm anti-being an experimental guinea pig. And, you know, ultimately, people are going to do what they have to do, right? You know, he's in a he's in a situation where he's not forced to uh, take the vaccination. He's not going to that. I, I get that's where Jalen Rose was coming from. when He said he's not a victim. Right. What he's saying is this is not going to hurt him because what you hear is he's losing three hundred thousand. He's losing four hundred thousand per game. Obviously, he don't care about that, though. A lot of commentators and analysts said he must not care about that, and he doesn't. It's almost like Dave Chappelle, the money's not the issue here, right? It's not even the issue, you know? Um, but he's at a point where uh, we we can't, uh, he can't, uh, that can't be held over his head. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's a good position to be in because that's that's really freedom. And I think that's what we all strive for, you know, in some way or form or fashion. You know, the, the decision just to be able to choose, man, say, hey, I, I do not feel like this is right for me or my family. I do not feel like this is right because I don't know the long term effects. Right. I do not. But, um, you know, I really hate to see people really stepping out there because it's really exposing who people are. I, let me say that. Let me retract. I don't hate it. I actually enjoy it. I enjoy observing people because in these moments, like I've said in the past, adversity, not as much builds character as much as it reveals it. All these people are revealing their ignorance. They're revealing how little uh, they really know. And they're, they're revealing what side they're on. Yeah, let me know what side you're on. And we should all be paying attention. This should let us know how... Uh, how great or how small of a uh, a camaraderie group that we actually have in the mainstream. Uh, my observation is that we really have not a lot. <laughs> we don't have a lot of uh, comrades in, in the mainstream. I, you know, let me say this as well. I look at people who are put on a platform that is owned by others as just high, highly accessible, high paid. Uh, employees. That's Steve Harvey. That's Wendy Williams. Uh, that's what's my man's name? Terry Crews. That's all of them. That's Charles Barkley. That's Shaquille O'Neal. That's every last one of them because they're not going to let you get on there and uh, speak a truth that could potentially hinder them or stop their bottom dollar of the, of the money flowing or could stop them from major sponsorship. It's a lot of pieces. It's a lot of political uh, maneuvering that goes into that stuff. Um, the way I understand it is like this, you know, if I don't work for myself, whoever I work for, I have to do their business. And as soon as I don't want to do their business anymore, I need to move on. Uh, I'm not mad at Shaq. I'm not mad at Charles Barkley. I think it's peculiar that Charles Barkley is pocket watching. I find that funny. Him hating, you know, excuse me, him wishing that, you know, that the Brooklyn Nets didn't have to pay him. Well, that's on the Brooklyn Nets. You know, these corporations, that's what a contract is for, right? 
I mean, there are there are part there are times in society that people get money for not working. I'm not talking about welfare. Look at workman's comp, right? You've worked for a company, you've done some things, you've been hurt. It's in your contract that you uh, are eligible for compensation. Unemployment. People are always working when they're receiving unemployment. What is that? That's you being compensated while you're not working. And so the NBA is no different. They have that's what the contracts are for. But again, you know, when if you're being technical, it's on Brooklyn's fault. It's on Brooklyn, excuse me, it's Brooklyn's fault that they're having to pay him half because he could still come in and play the away games. But they were like, no, remember, they decided that they didn't want him. So that's totally up to the corporation, man. It's up to that that business. They've decided that, hey, we do not want to give this guy half. We don't want to. We don't want him playing half the time because it'll mess with the team chemistry. So therefore, we're not going to allow him to play. Well, when they did that, what they did was they still have to pay him. That's in the contract. That's I mean, that's <laughs> that's spelled out. So yeah, and and me personally, I've always uh, I've always kind of smiled on. Uh, when people get the best of the corporation. Why? Because the corporation gets the best of the, the little man so much. I mean, it, it's so regular. It's so frequent. It's so consistent. So, you know, I remember when Grant Hill got hurt, you know, and I, I thought to myself, wow. And then they told me, he was, well, then they didn't tell me, but then they, I heard that uh, he was still going to get his salary. And I said, well, kudos, man. That's good for Grant Hill because he's worked hard. And if he doesn't work any harder, he's worked hard enough and made that those the NBA in general. He's made the NBA more more money than it, uh, than they've given him, right? Those million dollar salaries. Everybody on the NBA team ain't getting those, those salaries. A lot of those guys are getting league minimum, maybe like three four hundred thousand. So it's only a cap for a few of those mega busting contracts. But the the owners are getting buku money. So I mean, you're not gonna. <laughs> just because you're giving me a, a big chunk, that's nothing in comparison to what you're getting. And I would never be the one to say, hey, man, these these athletes should be, they should feel privileged or they should feel indebted to the team uh, and they should just comply or they should feel lucky lucky that they're uh, receiving this amount. Hey, they, they, they happen to uh, have honed a skill that they can, uh, that they can uh, you know, draw that type of money. And I'm not mad at them at all. You know, they've worked hard for it. Hey, don't hate the player, hate the mayor. The mayor makes the rules. The player just plays by him. So, yeah. But uh, another book I want to highlight, Powernomics, I think I've read from it before. Chapter 7. Now, Chapter 7 is dealing with group politics, right? I'm just going through it. You can probably hear the pages flipping. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Practicing group politics. <clears throat> the author, of course, is Dr. Claude Anderson. Um, author of Black Label, White Wealth, Third Little Secrets in Black History, uh, and Poweronomics. But <clears throat> chapter seven, he has some political action steps that I thought were, well, one of them I thought was uh, kind of relevant to what I'm talking about with uh, with the people speaking out, right? And in the book, he, he asks things like, inappropriate behavior, things that people do that uh, black people do publicly that should be shunned uh, and people should be criticized for. But like I said, in chapter seven, he's dealing with politics. Now, 
this deals with politicians and public service, but it also has uh, some implications for any black person who's in the media, who has a voice, who has a platform. So it's uh, political action step number 12, adopt a public code of conduct for group accountability. In politics, the temptation is strong to promise things that cannot be delivered or to sacrifice a constituency group for selfish reasons. Black Americans must devise a group code of conduct, role models, and the means to hold people accountable for how they treat black people. Elected officials should be the first group of whom blacks demand accountability. It is especially important for them to hold responsible those blacks who demonstrate more concern for the broader society and its institutions than for the collective interests of black people. <clears throat> Listed below are some of the strategies black groups have employed to hold public figures accountable for doing injury to the group. Denounce blacks who display inappropriate behavior, stage public protests and label them sambos. <clears throat> it's a lot of sambos on television today. It's a whole lot of sambos. Ostracize blacks who demonstrate inappropriate behavior and impose social, political, and economic sanctions on them. Uh, publicize the inappropriate behavior. Some community activists circulated flyers and placed pictures of the offending blacks on yard signs, posters, and walls of shame. Presented Hayward Shepherd Awards to those who practice inappropriate behavior. Hayward Shepherd was a black man who tried to warn the town of Harper's Ferry of John Brown's arrival in town to free the black slaves. Brown's raiders killed him, but whites honored Shepard with a monument. Uh, and next and last is opposed contracts, opposed contract awards, jobs, political points, or public recognition to those who exhibited inappropriate behavior patterns. Now, this is a man who was accomplished. He has been an educator. He's been a government official, uh, a public servant, and you know, in the paranomics, he not only gives the uh, the problem, but he gives a resolve. That's what makes the book great. But you see where. He has those uh, five points, and one of the points is denouncing blacks who displayed inappropriate behavior, um, staged public protests, and labeled them sambos. You know, a lot of these guys need to be labeled sambos because they just have no understanding, and it goes past. If you don't understand business, it's one thing, but to slander any of our people, uh, to attack and assassinate their character because they're not in a an align, uh, alignment or uh, trying to conform to the mainstream, then yeah, you deserve to be labeled a Sambo and you know, you should be sanctioned. Your economic ceiling should go down because uh, you're doing more detriment to the collective. I really appreciate what John Sally said. He said, you know, it's not for me to, uh, to judge because I don't know what these young people are going through. And they're men just like I'm men. So I wouldn't be the one. I'm, I'm never quick to uh, speak out against them. I'm more or less one to say, okay, let me wait and see. Or let me try to understand their rationale for doing these things. And then uh, allow them, you know, the humanity to move forward. And whatever they feel is best for them and their family. So, um you know, I appreciate Jay Williams. I appreciate Stefan Marbury. Stefan Marbury came out and said, Stephen A. Smith needs to be, he said, defund his voice. <laughs> you know, uh, that was hilarious to me. But, um, yeah, we got to stay on code, people. And we have to understand it's really when we see these uh, attacks on Kyrie Irving from these, uh, these celebrities and these, uh, 
personalities, TV personalities, we shouldn't really take into account uh, who's saying it, but who's behind who's saying it, who's the corporation behind them, whose agenda are they really uh, propagating, you know, uh, Stephen A. Smith, Shaq, Charles Barkley, all these people who came out against Kyrie, you know, who's behind the, the curtains because uh, it profits them not, you know, they're not hurting financially, you know, uh, no one says they have to attack and slander and make it a personal issue. Uh, and and uh, what we should do is try to understand how business works. We should try to understand how bound we are to whomever we work for. And there's nothing wrong for we're working for people, but you don't want to stay there, right? You want to uh, ultimately gain some kind of agency and independence, right? And it's not about money. Kyrie is teaching us it's not about money. Dave Chappelle taught us or is teaching us it's not about money. And absolutely, when you get to that pinnacle where money is not an issue, I would absolutely expect you to uh, exercise some agency over your life. Like, if I got $500 million, psh, I don't need any more money. My family's good. No, I'm not doing it. I know people who with less than that, you know. I know people, uh, regular people, who are like, no, nah, I'm not getting the vax. And if you're going to try to make me get it, let me go on and put my resignation uh, letter in. You know, I don't have to do it. That's freedom. That's one of the aspects of freedom that we should all uh, look to attain. You know, you know, especially something like COVID. It hadn't been. It doesn't really even stop the spread and it doesn't cure COVID. This is ridiculous. So hopefully um, you guys listening today, I hope you all have a little bit more insight on how to look at this thing and the political implications, right? The hypocrisy uh, of, of, of the politics of this thing. Hope you all look at how, uh, how it's influenced, uh, how business is influencing this. Um, and yeah, I hope you, uh, you learn something about, uh, you know, being, uh, uh, being patient and being observant, man. And just, uh, sitting back and waiting and not jumping out there on emotion, you know, as the show is, uh, as the name of the show goes, lead with your logic. That'll help you a lot more. So, but I'm going to get out of here, y'all. Hey, uh, I appreciate you all, the people that do listen, you know, hey, share my content. I normally, you know, shoot out a message to you guys uh, whenever I drop a, uh, drop a new episode, but you can always follow me on all the uh, the four the platforms: Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and then you. If you follow me on Apple Podcasts, you'll be notified when I drop a new episode. So um, continue to listen. I would love you guys' feedback, um, and thank you so much for listening thus far. So, hey, peace and love, y'all. Until the next time.